This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Scoop B Radio. On the line was probably the most popular independent wrestler I know, PB Smooth. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, brother. Yes, sir. So, I've interviewed wrestlers on the main stage, you know, Jeff Jarrett, Jake the Snake Roberts, um, and I grew up a wrestling fan as well. But I don't really know the process of going from indie to major. What do those guys have to go through? Um, to get to the point where their name are in lights, you're, you're going through that process yourself. Yeah, well, it's it's just a grind, you know. Um, in the beginning, you, you start out not making much money. You're just traveling on the road, just trying to get your name out there, helping set up rings, training whenever you can, just networking. Uh, the business is really about networking. When you when you get to meet certain wrestlers in certain places and meet new promoters and they give you a shot, you just got to take advantage of the opportunity. And the more you work, the more people will take notice of you. So it's really just about grinding and getting out there and taking the time, making those sacrifices. Listen to Scoop B Radio. Hello. And you ha- you're based in Pennsylvania. You've, you've wrestled out in West Virginia. You've wrestled out in Erie, Pennsylvania, Cleveland, uh, Atlanta, Georgia. Um, tell me about some of your matches early on because you have a unique story. Tell me something about the, the different leagues that you're currently in your wrestling independently. All right. Well, I started for Pro Wrestling Rampage in Erie, PA. And the thing about that uh, promotion is well, when I trained there, we only got to get in the ring once a month because they didn't have a regular training facility. So I would train once a month. I would set up for the show and then tear down after the show. So I got lucky enough to get hooked up with Johnny Gargano and start training at the Absolute Intense Wrestling School out in Cleveland, Ohio. And it's about a two-hour drive from where I live, but it was definitely worth it because I got a chance to get in the ring every week and just start progressing. And they really took an interest in me and noticed my my work ethic, so they started putting me in big matches in the beginning. 
Uh, I've wrestled against uh, Eddie Kingston, Braxton Sutter, uh, Matt Justice, just, just to name a few. And just being trained by a current WWE superstar was one of the greatest things that could have happened for me, just getting that experience and learning from one of the top vets that was also on the independence for about 10 this years. Radio. So it was basically working your way up, who's who, kind of like my field in journalism. You know, people noticing you, people liking you, you getting that FaceTime, getting that, that interview, getting the press. Um, Absolutely. What I find interesting about your story, uh, I mean, you look at The Rock, he wrestled at the University of Miami, and then, you know, uh, somewhere along the lines, or excuse me, he played football at the University of Miami. Somewhere along the lines, yeah. he ended up, um, you know, making it to the big leagues of the WWE. Um, you played basketball. Uh, that's where we met. We both were high sure. You went to, you finished at Mercyhurst College. How much do you think basketball has helped you prepare for the wrestling ranks? Oh, it's it's helped a lot. Uh, just playing at Hofstra, we had to do a lot of stuff for preseason, uh, conditioning at 6 a.m., then class from 8 to 10, then going back to lift, and then class again, and then other workouts. Just just being in a constant grind and having someone on your back, it just teaches you how to do that second nature-wise. And I feel my work ethic is what sets me apart from a lot of people because without having a coach or anyone behind me, I still get up at 4 in the morning and go to the gym. I'm still very disciplined about my diet and everything else. Just having that instilled for me from the college level and then learning how to do all these different plays and, and whatnot, it transfers over to wrestling because you have to learn how to do different techniques and moves and stuff. And just from a cardiovascular standpoint, I still do a lot of things I learned uh, to get in shape for basketball because it can also transfer into a wrestling ring. And you have to be in shape for this business, especially to be really good because people are trusting you with their lives and you're doing certain maneuvers. And if you're tired and you got to lift someone up at the end of the match, it can, it's a safety hazard. So you just got to be ready at all times. You know, growing up when I was watching wrestling during the WWE uh, attitude era, that was, you know, oh, Yokozuna, Bret Hart, Razor Ramon, Jeff Jarrett, Dwight the Clown, Golda. You know, my mom would say, oh, wrestling is fake. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, as I'm older, when you talk about different maneuvers, it's like synchronized swimming to me. Listen to Scoop B Radio. Holler. Yeah, uh, I, I got a larger respect for people in the wrestling business after I actually started. Uh, taking a bump is not fun. It's never fun to just fall on your back in any degree. And some people don't even lay on their backs or lay on their sides or their front or just in general. So it's it's very technical you have to know the techniques to do things so that you may it may sting it may hurt but you won't injure yourself per se you know like a lot of fans react off of people getting chopped in the chest because it's something that they know doesn't feel good but if you do it correctly it'll hurt but you won't kill somebody so just being a professional knowing how to throw strikes the right way knowing how to slam people things like that it's very very important to get those techniques down because if you're not safe to work within the ring, word will get out and people won't want to use you anymore. What I find interesting is, um, you know, I had Jeff Jarrett on uh, Scoopy Radio not too long ago, um, and we were talking about Razor Ramon, and his, his finishing move, Scott Hall, uh, his finishing move was the uh, Razor's Edge, um, or the NWO, the Outsider's Edge, and, you know, uh, yeah. so <clears throat> Kevin Nash, who played the role of Diesel, when he was Diesel with the jackknife, that powerbomb move, 
Uh, they're both the same. Uh, it takes a lot of, like, synchronizing. Like, if you really think about a street fight, nobody's going to stand along that enough time for you to place their head in between your legs and then pick them up and, and throw them. So when you're doing training and stuff like that for for wrestling, for a move like a jackknife or a powerbomb, like, what kind of things do you have to be mindful of when, when you're when you're the jackknife if you're getting that, that move done on you? <laughs> well, that's the good thing about being my size. You don't really take too many of those. Uh, I'd say just making sure you land correctly, uh, mm-hmm. making sure you're tucking your chin and things like that. Uh, I base my wrestling style off of believability and making people see that guy like, whoa, he's intimidating, or wow, he could really do this to someone in a street fight. So my wrestling style tailors more to that because that's the kind of things that I liked watching wrestling. But that's not a knock on anyone else that does different things. You know, like to each his own at this point. There's a lot of guys that do acrobatic stuff that I can't do. So I just do what I I can do, and I do it to the best of my ability, you know. So what's next for you? Um, next, I'm just trying to get my name out there. Um, I have a few shows that are within a two-hour radius of me that I'll be working monthly. And then I'll also be trying to travel to different regions around the United States just to hit new target markets, introduce people to PB Smooth, you know, just going around the South and the East Coast and then working my way slowly to the West. And that's the plan. Um, for you, being the role, or early on when you and I started talking about you wrestling and things of that nature, for you, you had to kind of play the role of a bodyguard. The person that comes to mind is Virgil. You said DiBiase's uh, bodyguard. How fast did it make, did it take for you to transition from bodyguard to main attraction or the headline? Uh, well, I'm still working on becoming the main attraction, but um, it took a, it took a while. You know, when you're a smaller guy, in my opinion, you can go out there and wrestle, and even if you suck, you still have an opportunity to come back and like come back from those bumps and bruises and different moves and stuff. When you're a big guy, people automatically assume or expect you to have that presence already. So me taking on a bodyguard role is to help me get the experience of being by the ring and taking in the crowd and and seeing how people are moving around and things like that without exposing myself for my lack of experience. So being a bodyguard definitely helped. I did that for about, six to seven months before I, I finally actually stepped in the ring to wrestle my first match. This is going to be radio. For you, what do you think it's going to take for people to take you seriously in the, in the, in the big ranks? Uh, me personally, I just believe getting the opportunity to be in front of people. Um, I think my work ethic speaks for itself. When I step through that curtain, everyone will know that I put the time and effort to be who I am. And I think I just need that one opportunity to keep showing people who I am and things will take off from there. When you let people know in your family, you know, you went from getting like a college degree, played a decent career you <clears throat> in, in high school, excuse me, uh, in, in college playing basketball, you played at Hobson and you transferred and finished elsewhere. But when you, you, you are right with that or Oh, there's I'm I'm outside. There's a train going. I guess I'm out in some wilderness type area. 
So I'm going to ask the question again after that train passes. Give it two seconds or so. Yeah, I think it's almost gone now. All right. So for you, you play college basketball. Um, mm-hmm. you got this free. When you first told your friends and your family that you wanted to be a wrestler, the first five people you told, what were their responses? <laughs> it was quite funny. Uh, I was finishing up my my uh, my master's degree when I first decided that I wanted to wrestle, and they immediately all said, "No, you're going to get hurt. Um, it doesn't make any sense." And I'm like, "I just played what four years of college basketball. Like, if I was going to get hurt, I would have got hurt. You know, like you can get hurt stepping out your out your house. Like, you can't live life in fear." And uh, Wrestling was something I always loved. I grew up watching it with my dad. Uh, my dad worked four jobs, and the only time we had together was when he'd come home late at night and Monday Night Raw was on. And then my grandma would babysit. I would watch it with her. So those two were the most supportive people that I told. Everyone else kind of blew me off. Like, my girlfriend at the time blew me off. Uh, some of my teachers didn't want me to get hurt. So uh, to see where I'm at right now, it's kind of shocking them, and they're all happy for me now, so. Who were some of your favorite wrestlers growing up? Uh, let's see. Tess is one of my favorites. Um, I look at a lot of his stuff and kind of steal from it and make it my own. Uh, definitely Undertaker, Kevin Nash. I also really like the Hardy Boys, but I know that <laughs> their style isn't where my, my talents lie, so I don't try to I do fired. much of that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, them Hardy Boys, I don't want to see you flying like that. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, in my mind, it wouldn't make sense when my style is more towards believability and realism. So when you see me, you think I'm someone that's going to just beat the hell out of someone and toss them around as opposed to someone that's just going to jump off and do moonsaults. It's not really my thing. Like, some people can do it and it works for them. But I, like I said, I like to stick to what works for me and just be myself, you know? Yeah, Kevin Nash to me seems like a, a, an easy comparison because he's tall and he plays basketball himself. Yeah, absolutely. And then I also like the Rock and Stone Cold for their stage presence, things like that. How important is stage presence for a wrestler? Oh, it's very important because I mean, when we're out there, we're telling a story. Like we like, and that's and that's the misconception. People think that we're trying to fully emulate boxing or MMA or UFC. Like, no, like this is storytelling. There's a reason why. The Undertaker was a wizard, you know what I mean? Like, you're out there trying to convey emotions. And if people were to watch wrestling as they watch a movie, they would understand it a whole lot more. So being able to have that stage presence, being able to interact and get the crowd to react to you how you want them to. If you're a face, you want them to cheer you. If you're a heel, you want them to boo you. Like, being able to control a a live crowd is, like, one of the realest things ever because it's not easy. I mean, it takes a long time to develop that skill. Listen to Scoop B Radio. Holler. Who, if you had to, well, I guess, yeah, I'm going to ask this. If you had to compare, or if you had to take, you know, and with NBA people, I'll say, name your all-time starting five. If you had to take your all-time five favorite wrestlers' personalities and make them your own, whether that's style, personality or in in ring presence who would you say they were for you and why uh that's tough to answer only because i try to take from 90s hip-hop culture for some of the stuff i do okay now if we're 
Yeah, so to elaborate, if we're talking moveset and things like that, I really like watching Tess because me and him kind of have like a similar build and like he was obviously like more muscular than me at, at his prime, but like his, his ring style, the way he moves around and things like that is very similar to what I do. So like I watch guys like him or like some, some, some of Bruiser Brody I'm watching now, like just stuff like that. But in terms of who PB Smooth is, it's a reflection of all the things that I grew up through with my nineties culture, whether it's, uh, the swag that Fab has and the way he dresses, which is where I came up with Call the Corner, I'm Fresh to Death. I try to make sure all my ring gear is the nicest. You know what I'm saying? I make sure I have a haircut all the time. Sometimes I come out wearing a gold chain and a pinky ring. <laughs> and for the, the seven-foot savage aspect, I just try to be extremely intense when I'm facing someone in the ring. And I get my intensity from watching Kevin Garnett when he played for the Timberwolves. So I just try to use those different things that have been around in my life and incorporate that into what I'm trying to do in wrestling. Listen to Scoop B Radio. Holler. Where do you see yourself in the next five years? I believe that I'm going to... This is very bold to say because you never know what's going to happen, but I believe in the law of attraction and speaking things into existence, and I hope to be signed to WWE in the next five years, and that's what I'm going to be working towards. That's it, brother. Thank you for stepping in on Scoop B Radio. Thank you. Scoop B Radio. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.